1: So put on your tiara
0: or your evil crown
1: and join us on our adventure.
0: This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners. We are back and we have a special treat for you today, a fairy tale uh, treat for you. It is a non-Disney movie. So we've been talking a lot about Don Bluth, uh, his animation on Disney films, and then eventually how he started his own company and did... uh, A group of movies of his own. And so we had a poll on the Facebook page on which Don Bluth movie we should start with. And it was this one.
1: Which I'm very glad it was this one because it's his first big one. It's his one after coming out of Disney. So it seems like a good place to start. And And it is... The Secret of Nim. Yes, we hadn't said the title yet. Now, it's yet. funny because I keep calling it The Rats of Nim because it's based on a book, Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim.
0: Yes, and I've got some information on that. But... I've got
1: the actual book oh, right here. Oh, cool. And I read most of it. Great. And then kind of went, I don't want to read any more of this because mm-hmm. I think it's so much like the movie for the most part.
0: Uh, so it was 1982 when this came out, The Secret of Nim. And it got a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's a very high score. It was based on the novel that Ryan mentioned, Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim," And it was a 1971 children's book by Robert C. O'Brien. And the illustrations were by Nairberry Metal, I think is how you say his name. And it was inspired by the research of John B. Calhoun, uh, and John B. Calhoun did research on the mouse and rat population dynamics at the National Institute of Mental Health from the 40s to the 60s. And NIM. Stands for National Institute of Mental Health. Mm -hmm. So I found that kind of interesting.
1: Have you, you haven't seen this movie?
0: I don't believe so. So the characters, when I was doing some research, look familiar. So I don't know if it's one I've seen and I've forgotten I've seen, but if I've seen it, I've seen it once. But I don't have any specific memories of ever seeing it. It's
1: interesting because I really like the world they create because it's definitely, you know, there's all sorts of different animal worlds that we've done in Disney where it's like, the animals are anthropomorphic, and but the humans still exist. The humans don't exist. The animals mm-hmm. are like the animals they are in our world, like Fox and Hound or Bambi. But this and this is kind of an interesting take on it because it's like almost like it's it, it, it'll be interesting to see.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And like I said, some of the characters look familiar, but I don't know if mm-hmm. it's just I've seen posters and things like that or if I had seen it at some point. But the main character, Mrs. Frisbee, was changed, her name was changed to Mrs. Brisbee to avoid legal issues with the wham Company, which were the makers of Frisbee. Yes,
1: we're seeing... Now, I think our Tron episode is actually going to come out after this, but spoiler, we spoiler, it's not really a spoiler, it's lifting the curtain. We recorded it before we recorded this one. It's just funny to me that, like, Frisbees are such a big proponent of in the last this, few movies Yeah,
0: in this, uh, these years. Yeah. So, apparently, what happened was this change came late in the production. And so, it was after they'd all recorded their dialogue, all the actors and actresses. So, the change was made by the sound editors, who, by hand, carefully sliced the BR sound taken from other words spoken by actors and actresses into the FR sound on the magnetic dialogue tracks.
1: That's interesting.
0: I found that really interesting because that's a lot of work, but I think it was less work than having the actors re-record all the dialogue, This
1: entire book, or this entire movie is, I I watched a short documentary on how it was made and it just feels so like they did it in his garage and they were like, people were sleeping at the studio to get it done because it was such a labor of love to come out of Disney and do this. And that's something I want to talk about real quick, if that's okay. Is there something else we want to go into? I
0: wanted to go into one more thing... Uh, in late 1982, Disney barred several theaters from booking Nim as a double feature with Tron. Mm-hmm. Uh, be- and Disney said it was because they wanted it to be paired with another Disney film. But a lot of people, there were a lot of news articles that came out saying that it was kind of on purpose since Don Bluth sp- like left Disney to create this film.
1: Well, Tron did not do nearly as well as Secret of NIMH. Secret of Nim seems to, according to this list, may have been the 11th highest film that year. The three big movies of that year are E.T. the Extraterrestrial, Tootsie and an officer and a gentleman Mm.
0: and uh, the original budget for the film was six and a half million but it was reduced by the studio after the production started and so Gary Goldman and other producers mortgaged their homes to raise an extra seven hundred thousand dollars needed to complete the movie so in the end the movie cost under seven million which was half of what Disney was spending at the time
1: in the interview I saw that producer told that budget and Don Bluth looked at him and said you never told me that Oh, like wow. Don Booth was like, had oh no, no. Idea. I, I, yeah, he had no clue. After all, you know, th- this is somebody who went up against Disney. I remember as a kid, like it was like it was Disney, and then these movies, and it was kind of the second yeah. tier, and that's just a huge thing. So that's part of the reason why we're we're talking about him and we're doing this movie. Well, so I want to do. Very
0: connected with Disney yes. because he was a Disney animator. Yes. Yeah.
1: So he grew up in Utah. Uh, one of the things he said in his interview is that he didn't read a book till he went to college cover to cover. Like oh, He was wow. very illiterate, whatever, but he got a job as an in-betweener. He loved Disney movies and he would dream about them a whole way back. And he got a job as an in-betweener on Sleeping Beauty mm. when he was 18. And it was like a part-time job, but then he left to go do a mission in Argentina and attend Brigham Young. He was a Mormon, so that's his, oh, okay. that was his mission trip and everything. And in 1971 he was he came back and he did some part-time work again. In 1971 he was a full-time hire. Um so if you think about like the difference between when he started and when he got full-time hired, like Disney had changed a lot.
0: Well, yeah, and he I for some reason thought he was there much longer, but as I guess he was there part-time and then left and came back, but mm-hmm. as a full-time hire in 71, Rescuers was what seventy seven. Yes. So he was really only there for six years, which I guess is a Full good time, chunk of time. But, but yeah.
1: Well, it was interesting because in the thing they talked in, in the thing I, I talked about, they said you have six years. You've got six years to become leadership and to learn everything I here see. before whatever. And they started talking about how that's not enough time. That's enough time to learn maybe how to do one specific thing in animation, but like how you know how we do all these very specific things. So they started doing stuff in their spare time.
0: Well, and we read, I can't remember which movie it was now, but we did read that they had so much overtime from one of the films. Yes. That they then did a a project on their own On their time off. We'll
1: get to Banjo and the cat in a second. But one thing I do want to tell you that during this documentary they talk about is they explain how ripple glass works. Something like the ripple glass and the the reflections. Yeah,
0: that we've always been fascinated by.
1: Because he used it as an example of no one taught him how to do that. And so he went home and was doing these experiments. And that was something he figured out. And the way they do it is they take the animation cell. They flip it backwards, so you've got the reflection. Mm-hmm. They blur it and they put some ripple glass between it and the camera, and that's mm-hmm. how it looks like a reflection oh, in the that's water. Interesting. And I was like ripple glass because I remember yeah. that was something like really early on we were talking about how did they they mentioned it we didn't know how they did it. Oh,
0: that's cool. So
1: when he showed up, he started causing a rift because a couple things were happening. They had all the old animators, but they also had extended uh, this program to I think Caltech, or, or that might not be right.
0: I think it may have been Caltech. I
1: think. I think so, too. But it was it was a university, and they were Disney getting a bunch of- Disney had a program. Yes. Yeah, so that was a program. Was,
0: I believe Walt was the one who set up the program. And they
1: were getting a bunch of animators from that. A lot of them had graduated and become animators here. And some of them, the, a lot of the ones there, didn't like Don Bluth because they were working under uh, some of the nine old men, and he was coming in going, well, they're leaving. Like, We need to do something else. Or he would try and do stuff, and they'd be like, no, we're going to let the nine old men do it. So there started becoming kind of these two groups like Don Bluth had a very strong presence. Oh, well, let me back up for a sec. So they started doing this animation in in their spare time, the banjo, the woodpile cat. So they weren't really telling Disney they were working on this, which is insane to me, thinking of me, like, so many NDA laws and things like that with what I do. Like, the idea of, like, I just started making a game in my spare time.
0: Well, and I feel like that developed over time because it's the same when I think of, like, music copyright, right? I feel like it's it's not the same thing, but it's similar where it's, like, people were borrowing people's songs all the time because things weren't copyrighted, and then they developed... Then they developed those things, right? So mm-hmm. I feel like NDAs probably came about because of things like this, probably. because of Don Bluth. This whole story gets
1: very gets very ugly. So they're doing this movie in their spare time, and then around that time, they start working on a Disney short called the small one, which is kind of that. I don't know what's it's it's a biblical one about a donkey. That's all I know about it. Um, and then uh, Eric Larson, who is one of the nine old men, was supposed to be the director on it. They ended up giving it to Bluth, mostly because of his work on Pete's Dragon. Mm. And so you have half the group going, well, he's one of the nine old men. He is actually like a big mentor to all the all the all the Caltech students. Mm-hmm. And so they were all under him, and they were starting to call themselves the Mouseketeers.
0: Oh, interesting. And then
1: there were all the ones who went, well, Bluth deserves it. He's worked. You know, we need to pass the torch. We need to do this. And they were the Bluthies. And the studio splits. There's all these videos of people like Bluthies saying things like, look at There's like a, a video where it's him showing these animation cells from Peter Pan. He's like, look at how good this looks. Oh, Peter Pan looks great. And then it cuts to that guy. And he goes, we'll, we'll never make anything this good again.
0: The
1: old man. No, the new Bluthy guy. Like, oh. his whole group was like, Disney has lost its magic. Oh, We wow. need to do this. And all the Mouseketeers were kind of like, this is fine. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Eric Larson knows what he's doing. A bunch. It's funny because they did this whole thing about there was a bunch of animators who started voicing their concerns about Bluth saying, like, he's giving favor to the people who are working on Banjo, the... They are working on his his independent project.
0: I mean, and not for nothing, but that makes sense because now he has relationships with those right. people, right?
1: But they show that group of animators who, like, apparently, like, went in and had a big meeting about it. Like, we mm-hmm. think he's a problem. Yeah. And it was literally the same picture they used to show. These are the new animators on the Fox and the Hound, and I was oh, like, oh, so it's wow. all these guys. Yeah. The blue Thieves started referring to the 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 animation studio as the rat's nest.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Um, they started all putting up like caricatures of other people and like cartoons in their spare time they draw them and put them up around the studio and they showed some of them where it's like booth being like, well, actually we should do this oh, and like wow. them being like all the mouse it was really really just it became a very toxic and very like environment and ugly so they I didn't I, the the guy who's the producer and I should have gotten his name, but the one who ended up being the producer on them reached out and was like, I think he might have still been Is at it Disney. Gary? So there's He three... was one of the
0: animators who left. Right. I don't know if he became a producer. For there's Don.
1: three people who start the new studio. Don Blue's like the big head of animation and like yes. the, the, the the forehead, but there's two other guys. And they start I
0: have their names. Do you want me to look it? At... It's in my notes.
1: We'll look at it in a sec when you're not on the ground doing stretches for your back. <laughs> Which
0: actually this is more comfortable. So if you can pick <laughs> me up, I might just lay here like this.
1: Listeners, full disclosure, Tara's back is bothering her. So she will be doing the the rest of this podcast
0: on the laying floor. on the floor because it's more comfortable than sitting in the couch um uh, so, well, i'm dedicated listeners do
1: you have their two names
0: i do have their two names so the three that left disney originally mm-hmm. was don bluth john pomeroy and gary goldman and gary goldman is the one who was one of the ones who mortgaged his house with the producers. I know he was an animator, but I didn't know if he became a producer when he went over to that company. Because that's how it was kind of worded in the stuff I read.
1: So the three of them start like kind of talking, and they start pulling people aside and being like, we're going to quit. You should Mm -hmm. come with us. And then in 1979, on Don Blue's 42nd birthday, those three guys handed in their resignation. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, that's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. But the next day, 11 animators gave notice.
0: Well, and I read that eventually it was 20 other animators yeah, third that eventually leave. Left. And they're called the Disney Defectors.
1: Well, the 11 that, that put them all in the next day, the uh, Ron Miller, who is, I guess, in charge of the studio, goes, you have until noon to get off the premises. Oh, like, he wow. was like, get out of here.
0: Well, was that that's the case in your industry, right? Where... Do they have you leave same day?
1: I no. I mean, if people, no. If, I mean, you're, remember,
0: fired, or if, if or, you're fired, or if you're fired, yes. If you put in your notice. Usually, they'll give you two weeks.
1: They'll give you as long as you ask. As long as I mean, I think if they knew you were going to start another studio like immediately, because that's what I'm talking about with NDA and all that. That's the stuff you're not allowed to do. But. I'm not – it's funny because they, the, the the thing I saw kind of made Ron Miller out to be a bad guy, and I'm like, oh, if 11 guys were, like, we're leaving to go to this other studio, I'd be like, get out of here now before you start taking things yeah. with you. Like- well,
0: so the reason I'm asking is because in the senior living industry – I'm not going to say the company I worked for, but I worked for a pretty big company starting out, and I remember when the head – she was the head of marketing or she was, like, the, like, next – right under the head of marketing – and when she put in her notice they asked her to leave same day because so, they didn't want her so i was curious if they did that in your industry at all when it came to marketing or if it came to certain departments to where it was like we don't want you to be here for two weeks we want you to to leave like good luck to you but like like i think they pay you for the they pay you for the notice you gave yeah. but they don't want you in the building because you can take content I've, you can take leads you can take connections like that kind of thing with you so they want you out as soon as possible.
1: I've seen that happen. I've never had that happen to me. Um
0: in my area, I was in the Washington DC area, so it was pretty competitive. There were a lot of big senior living companies. And so I think like if I as an activities director was to leave, they would ble- they would give me the 2 weeks, but from a yeah. marketing standpoint, that was really the only department that they were a little bit more intense well, with marketing like, than in, they were. If, in
1: activities, as an activities director, you can give two more weeks of activities. Exactly. As a marketing person, there's nothing you're going to add in the exactly. next two weeks other yeah. than to take And so stuff.
0: I was curious from your industry if that was true across the board or if it was more for marketing or if it mm-hmm. really just depended I, on the company. I've,
1: I've seen – I think I've heard of a couple times them doing what you said where they're like, well, why don't you just go ahead and not work? Not come But in. it's been pretty yeah. high ups. But like – for me, is kind of a grunt. Like, I've left... I've given three weeks' notice. Yeah. I've given less than two weeks' notice because I was like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I found that interesting, so... Okay.
1: So now let's talk about the actual movie we're going to be watching, which is Secret Name. I just thought that was important to kind of give that context because it was a big shake-up in the animation agree. industry.
0: Um, the other thing I wanted to mention about this film, t- giving some facts of it, at the time of its release... It was the largest non-Disney animated film yeah, to be released. No, which, no question. No question, but I think nowadays, you know, there's so many other companies, but it's interesting to think about back then, it was pretty much Disney and that was it. That was making these big productions, lots of money behind them, you know what I mean? So I just found that interesting to put that in perspective versus today, there's now lots of different companies that compete against one another and it's
1: interesting because we talked about how some of these movies are falling back under the disney umbrella with the fox purchase and everything yeah i don't think secret of nim is one of them but yeah anastasia
0: which is interesting so listeners i have a couple more facts that i wanted to share um one thing to look out for is evan rude is in the beginning apparently the dragonfly yeah i read that um mr ages chases away the dragonfly at the start of the film. And that was Don Bluth's last Disney film was The Rescuers. Mm. So I think that that maybe was like a nod. Like him chasing it away. What? Of like you know I think there could be something read into that a little bit. Well it's
1: also interesting because he pitched this movie to Disney. Yes. And they said no we just did a mouse movie. Well
0: I also read that they felt it was too dark. They felt the content was too dark and they never thought it would be a commercial success is what I read.
1: It's a pretty dark film. Like get ready.
0: Well and that's the other thing I wanted to mention because that goes to the rating. They Had hoped for a PG rating because they knew that the content had they had several intense scenes and it was a maturity. The subject matter was more mature, Mm -hmm. and they were surprised when it was given a G rating. And apparently, the creators felt that the rating may have hurt its success among older audiences. Yes, because I think they wanted older audiences to be going to the movie to going to the theater to see it. And because of the G rating, I think that maybe turned some people Mm. away, which I found interesting. The other thing is supposedly this is Don Bluth's favorite of all of his films, which makes sense because it's probably the biggest labor of love because he's leaving a major company. He's going out on his own. You know what I mean? Like, it kind of makes sense that he probably has the strongest connection to this film. He
1: wrote... What did he... He 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 directed it. He directed it, but he also like, wrote the story, did the storyboards himself, designed every character yeah. himself. He would come in, like, people would approve his script. He'd be like, but he'd come in every two weeks, apparently, with more pages, and they'd be like, okay, this one's good. Let's keep going. Mm. We're going to hand those out, and every, we'll keep going. Um, yeah, like, this was definitely all him, start to finish. So I think this is a really good one to pick. Good job, Facebook page.
0: Yeah. Uh, the other things I had mentioned here was the use of multiplane cameras. cameras. They mm. did a lot of that for scenes requiring depth, so... Those were used again. I feel like Disney was shying away from that, and he brought it kind of back in with this film. Well,
1: his when they left, Don Bluth said, "I'm resigning in the name of Walt Disney." Like Mm. he thought he was continuing that Sleeping Beauty type era. Yeah. There's a great picture I have that I'm gonna post. that, That that it's a picture of Don Bluth, and it's something he did, I guess, for like a production, a promotional thing and it's him and it's a it's a pile you'll see when you see this when we post it uh, listeners but it's a pile maybe about 6 7 inches high of papers and it says 2 minutes saturday morning cartoon animation and then it's don bluth and then there's a picture uh, uh, another pile that comes up to his eyeballs and he says 2 minutes classical animation Oh, wow. That's And it's great. just kind of like It's a great visual
0: that. way to yes. show that. They
1: showed it for like a second in the thing, and I was like, I got to find this yeah. picture, and I did find it.
0: The other thing I wanted to mention here, and then I think we can dive into it unless we yeah. have anything else, is apparently there are more than 600 colors used in the film, and Mr. Ages, the character himself, has 26 colors. Wow. So I just found that really interesting that you talking about him resigning in the name of Walt Disney and going back to that Sleeping Beauty way of doing things i think this film he he brought a lot of that back and i find it interesting that he did it on a budget that was half of what disney was doing things on so to me that's really fascinating
1: so this one obviously not on disney plus guys i think we're going to check it out on amazon prime um you know we try to do most things so that if you have the disney plus you can watch along but uh you know Maybe, maybe some of you actually have this one in yeah, the old clamshell. Yeah, we'd love to know.
0: Feel free to post it if this is one that you owned growing up or one that you still own.
1: Yep. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, take it out and put it in the VCR, guys.
0: All right. We'll see you on the other side, listeners. All right, listeners, we are back, and it is confirmed I've never seen that movie before. I liked it, but I definitely have not seen it. And also in the beginning, I thought it was so interesting that NIMS stood for the National Institute of Mental Health, and I didn't realize that they make that pretty clear in the movie. But I thought it was such a fun fact, because I didn't know that's what it stood for. Well, okay, now I'm For the film, do you see what I'm saying? Yes,
1: but I don't think it was... I think people forgot. Like, I don't remember what NIMS stood for. I remember it was the organization they were... But the, yeah, Capt- it's pretty Captured prominent by. in the
0: film that they talk yeah. about it. But so, so, what were your thoughts on it, or do we want to dive right in? Or well, I'll do a brief thing
1: at the beginning. See, I I read the book, and it's interesting having read the book. There's when I just saw the movie, I was like, oh yeah, I remember liking this movie. But then when I read the book, there's some weird decisions. Yeah. And, and when
0: I break it down when we go through the story, feel free to mention like what is different in the book for sure. The other thing we wanted to mention is it is included if you have prime. So if you have it's prime, free, it's yes. free. Um, and then, of course, you could rent it on Amazon as well if you don't have Prime. I'm assuming.
1: Yeah. Fun other animation news. They also seem to have All Dogs Go to Heaven and Fern Gully. So. Also,
0: which I'm pumped about because I love those. Oh, uh, uh, we'll be we,
1: again when this when we run out of Disney movies. I feel like we won't have people are always like, well, "What are you going to do after that?" I feel like we won't be for lack of
0: of content. Options. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. So the credits start, and it's uh, just a brief credit. It's you know, credit it to Don Bluth and there's maybe one other credit and then it kind of goes right into the movie. It, um, it
1: does credit a lot of the, the, uh, cast. But
0: that's after this No, scene. no, no. It,
1: the, oh. Yeah, there's right, a right, whole right, right.
0: scene before that. Yeah. Sorry. So it's interesting because it's some of the credits but not all of the credits and the title doesn't come up yet. So it's like, directed or created by Don Bluth and there's another credit in there and then it goes into the movie and we see Nicodemus and you're hearing his voice we don't actually see him we see his hands and he's writing in a book that Jonathan Brisby died uh and it looks like magic ink like the way the ink is be it's like the ink is very bright and kind of sparkly and lit up and he puts this red jeweled necklace in a box and says farewell, my friend. And then we see the title sequence, which says "The Secret of Nim." And then it credits all of the voices. And then we go back into the movie.
1: And that's number one. This the book does not have any magic. the The book is simply the rats have this, like are smarter and live much longer and mm-hmm. like have harnessed electricity and all that other stuff. But there's no. There's no amulet. There's no the stone. The the mm. the, the, the the sparkly, the sparkly as or whatever. Calls it. Uh, and they, we also don't really hear a lot of it from Nicodemus's point of view. I mean, here's the thing: if you didn't have the book is called Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim, so you know there are rats. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. like, and there's a part in the book where there was she saving Jer- uh, Jeremy, who in the book is just a crow. And, uh, he's they, a crow in this as well. He's the crow. That's his name. Oh, book, I is see. I, mean. I yes, see. Yes, yes.
0: Okay.
1: Um, I mean, he. I don't think he's called Jeremy in the book. But they notice the rats like stealing electrical cords and mm-hmm. stuff. But like that's the, that would be the only reference to the rats you have. And then. I don't know. There's some other stuff we'll go into. Yeah, there, but... like
0: you don't know he's a rat unless you know the story. You don't know well, that they're rats. You until... pointed out that
1: Nicodemus doesn't really look like a rat. He I totally agree. Yeah,
0: but in general, you don't know that they're the rats yeah. in the beginning. Uh, So then it opens on the farmhouse landscape and the farm machine that Mr. Ages lives in. And Mrs. Brisby is trying to find Mr. Ages because her son, Timothy, is so sick. And I wrote here, he is a grump and I love him. But Ryan mentioned this is another difference. He's
1: such just a nice old man in the the book. book. Now, it's interesting because now thinking about the book, I think the book is like this happens and then this happens Mm. and then this happens. There's not a lot of character. Yeah. I, I think the characters are more one note. Mm. But I, I don't know.
0: I like Mr. Ages a lot. I, <laughs> I like that he's curmudgeon but in the end, he helps her throughout the whole movie. Yes. And he
1: seems kind of like he's mad at everything for no reason. Yeah, he's though, kind of we'll like, he
0: feels like the kind of character who's like mad at the world or just kind of like put, he feels like put out. And it might be because he's the one who makes remedies for people. Like he makes the powder to drug Dragon the cat, which we'll talk about later on. And like she comes to him because she needs help with, so it might be. Everybody in this world comes to him, and maybe he's just over it.
1: Well, in the book, like he's like that because he's smarter than all. Yes, the other mice. because he's yeah, one and of we the, yeah we talk about mice. that later. Yeah.
0: But he's very it's he's got an inventor eccentric vibe to him, and so mm-hmm. does his home when they go into it. And he says that her son cannot be moved for three weeks. And I love when she says "bless you," and he says "bless yourself." You're gonna need it. So <laughs> it's just one of the lines I liked by him. So she tries to run home to her family and this is where we meet uh, the crow, Jeremy, who's Dom DeLuise's voice and he's all tangled up in string. And he says he's making a love nest for two even though he doesn't have his his two. He doesn't have his partner but he wants to be ready. And he's – and uh, Mrs. Brisby is scared for dragging the cat. So she's trying to tell him to be quiet because she's like, you know, you're going to startle the cat and then the cat's going to come out here. I just need to get home to my kids. And she explains that the cat belongs to the farmer Fitzgibbons.
1: Mm-hmm. The Fitzgibbons.
0: The Fitzgibbons. And he thinks the cat's coming. They get really nervous. And then he realizes it's just a rabbit. And he starts, like, wildly laughing. Like, that's kind of his character. He's yes. kind of just this uncontrollable, like, force of energy um, and excitement. And so they're la- he's laughing. She's telling him to be quiet. But the cat is really lurking um, on through the log. And... Jeremy says, well, I'll know when the cat's coming because I'm allergic to cats. And I like this bit that, like, you start sneezing when the cat gets closer. Uh, and so the cat chases after him and Mrs. Brisby loses the medicine. And so it's this whole chase sequence.
1: That's a very intense scene. Yeah, that's the yeah, first, that's intense, the first
0: scene. intense scene. Um, so she loses the medicine. She falls into the water And then Jeremy comes back. And at this point, we don't know his name's Jeremy yet. But he comes back and starts talking about how great he was and how good did I do against the cat. Like, he wants this validation from her. He basically is looking at her to be his partner in this moment, I feel like.
1: He's an extremely charming goofball. Yes, I like him. I I do like him a lot. Um, When I say he's a problem, I mean he's usually getting in the way of, of... Brisby yes, having a success, you know he's a he's a he's, he he trips over his own feet and he's kind he's of very like very clumsy. The way.
0: He even says he's clumsy, and but he, he
1: seems to have a good heart. Like I love, I yes, like, I like
0: him, I like a lot. him too, uh, and he goes you know, you weren't bad yourself. And then he goes, nobody messes with Jeremy boy. And then he goes, Oh, I see you dropped this. So she's crying at this point because she thinks she's lost the medicine. And then he like, doesn't even know what it is. Well, but he, saw she dropped it. So he picked it up When for he her.
1: sees her crying, he goes, don't worry, I'm fine. Yes. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, so yeah. Crap. That's right. Um, and so then, you know, they're talking and she's so thankful. And she's like, okay, I have to go now. Goodbye. And he won't leave her alone. Mm-hmm. She keeps trying to say goodbye so she can get to her kids. And he wants her to teach him how to behave and and how he can get a mate. And so he winds up following her home um, at least part of the way. And he offers to take her home and she's afraid of heights. She doesn't want to fly. Uh, And so he kind of like walks with her part of the way. And then we meet her children, the three mice, uh, An Auntie Shrew, who I kind of liked. I mean, she's another curmudgeon wild. She's definitely put upon because she makes a specific line that's like, I don't know why I'm in charge of telling everybody. Right. But she's also the type of busybody character where she wouldn't l- let anyone else be in charge. You know what I mean? I, she's the type of character yes. that's like... I'm put upon that I have to do all these things but I want to do all these things and no one else can do all these things but me kind of a character.
1: She is barely in the book. Mm, And I don't think she's referred to as Auntie Shrew. It's just, there's a point where Miss Frisbee is like reflecting, like she goes, oh, the ground's getting less Mm. frozen and she like tells her and that's
0: it. And that's it, yeah. So she's much more of a prominent character in the film. And so Auntie Shrew is looking for Miss Frisbee to tell her this information, to tell her about the ground thawing. Mm -hmm. And we meet Cynthia, Martin, and Teresa, which are the other three children um, besides Timothy, who's sick.
1: Who seem a lot like the three rabbit children from... Yeah, Modern a little Hood. bit.
0: Yeah, and the uh, Martin is very feisty, like the one rabbit is. And, yeah. So um, Auntie Shrew is saying that they need to move soon, and Mrs. Brisby you know, is saying we can't move because Timothy's kind of explaining what Mr. Ages said. And so she mixes up the powder and that's when she gives it to Timothy. And Cynthia, who's the youngest of the mice, asks like very plainly, is he going to die? So this movie, I will say it here and we'll say it throughout, but this movie does deal with death in a very different way than Disney movies deal with death. Mm -hmm. Um, So you might want to just be aware of that if you're watching it with kids. Some of it is in your face and some of it is a comment like this, like, She's young enough, she doesn't know any better, so she's just asking kind of plainly the question, which I think kids do a lot when they're younger. They just matter-of-factly ask.
1: I think you need to be good with your children seeing a solid PG movie if you want them to yes see this, even, even though, though this rated is
0: rated G. G it should have been rated PG I think as well but it might be one that you I think you would want to view maybe before you have your children watch it I don't know what you think
1: yeah absolutely because I, I,
0: because of the it is a more mature and darker content than what we've discussed I think up into this point if,
1: for the most part if I was writing the little um, blurb? Bl- the thing when you you turn it on on Netflix that it says, like, PG yeah. for what I would say, intense scenes, violence, and death talk.
0: So then the only song in the film is here while she's giving Timmy the medicine. And it's a sweet song as she's, you know, really mm-hmm. looking after him. And then we cut to the farmer house. And this is where we see the rope go down the window and we just see the rat. Oh, no, no, no. That's, a, that's an extension cord. Yes, yeah. but... I will say to a person who's never seen it. Yeah. I didn't really connect that that till later when i find out that they're stealing electric from the farmer to me it just looked like they were escaping from the house Uh like they were going down a rope but it is an extension cord they're stealing electricity from the farmer so um all the rats they leave the house they go into the rose bush and the rose bush starts glowing all the colors because of the electricity i will say that wasn't very clear to me i thought the rats were magical and that's why the colors were that's what i'm
1: saying is it's like so it wasn't very clear to
0: me that it was electricity in that moment because again i didn't know the story at that point you don't know that the rats have become smarter in all of these things. There's
1: a lot of artistic embellishment in what simply stealing electricity can do.
0: Yeah. So, uh we find out that Nim called the farmer and that the rats have horrible diseases and
1: Well, they don't.
0: But that's what Nim that's is what saying. Nim is telling. Yeah, cuz they yeah, want to yeah, get yeah. the rats back. Yeah. So that's what they say, and then that's all we kind of find out about that. And then the next morning, Mrs. Brisby's outside. She hears the tractor starting up. And this is another very scary, intense scene Mm -hmm. when the tractor starts going. Um, And then you hear Auntie Shrew screaming, the plow is here, run. And so you've got all the creatures. It's very reminiscent of Bambi. Um, It's reminiscent of, you know, Fox and the Hound when they're running. Like, anytime there are animals in the forest running from something. Well, I
1: liked... I liked all the rabbits standing up and then thumping. Yeah, There's I wrote like that down. Yeah, that they were
0: thumping to to warn everybody underground and everybody around um, to let everybody know. And Auntie Shrew takes the children because Mrs. Brisby says, I have to stop it. So without thinking, she wants to go stop the tractor because uh, Timmy's still asleep in bed. And Auntie Shrew, even though she's kind of a pain, she immediately joins to help as well. So they go to the tractor and they wind up. I think it's a fuel line that they wind yeah. up pulling out because all the, the fuel comes out and it stops the tractor. And Auntie Shrew's like, you know, he's going to come back tomorrow. And at this point, Miss Brisby kind of breaks down. She's been very brave up to this point, goes to Mr. Ages, you know, with the crow, yeah. the cat, and now this. And she kind of breaks down and starts crying, saying, I wish Jonathan was here. And very matter of factly, Auntie Shrew's like, well, he's not here. So we have she's, to think of something.
1: She's very tough love. And there's a lot of this. Yeah. A lot of and things- I think.
0: Oh, go ahead. I was
1: gonna say there's a lot of moments in this where I'm like, "Ugh, this character," but right here I was like, "Good for you," because she's like, "He's not here." You have like this is what yeah. We no, to. I
0: think I think she's that character for a lot of us. We have that friend or that family member who kind of like gives it to us straight, and I think she is that character. Like she doesn't sugarcoat anything for the kids or for Mrs. Brisby. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, is it? Who tells her the great owl will know what to do? Is that Auntie Shrew? Auntie Shrew just said that. Yeah, Auntie Shrew. I didn't have it written down, but so, Auntie Shrew essentially says, you need to go to the great owl. He'll know what to do in, for help. In the
1: book, here's
0: the sequence of
1: events. She meets the crow. She meets Jeremy. Mm-hmm. We'll just call him Jeremy. And he's... Attracted to shiny things, so he's all caught up in like wire or like. And he was shiny caught up Christmas. in red
0: string. I don't know that yeah. we mentioned that, but he was all tangled in red string and very clumsy when we first see him.
1: They do such a good job with that because he's in string all over, and I can't imagine that's mm-hmm. super easy to animate, like, yeah. like draping off him and getting tied up. And, and I like
0: that he almost looked like he had a collar, like even though he got most of the red string off of him, he oh, always had that one little bit. Piece. Yeah, yeah.
1: She meets him. He helps her get away from dragon. Uh, or or she he dragon doesn't come after him, but she helps him get away. And he's like, "I owe you one." He disappears. She looks at dragon. She realizes dragon is like asleep and not getting up. And she thinks that's weird. Uh, she this sees, is all in the this book. is all in the first few chapters. She this is all her trip from Mister Aegis mm. She sees the rats like running off with the electrical crew. She talks to Annie Shrew. She hears the tractor, but then realizes he's just starting it to see if it like it will run after all this time. So there's not that whole sequence, and then that's when she goes, "Well, I have to go to see if Jeremy can help us." So she signals, she gets something shiny and like throws it in the air, and he comes down. She's like, "Can you help?" He's like, "Oh no, I have no idea how to help you." He's like, "But the great owl is somebody who can." Oh,
0: okay, so that's so he. And then he's like,
1: "I'll take you to him." Got it. He doesn't know him. He's like, "Oh yeah, he's scary as hell." Yeah.
0: So, Auntie shrew says the great owl will know and then Nicodemus is watching. So this happens a couple times where like Nicodemus is like all seeing, all powerful, a he's little got, bit like, like the great mirror. and powerful Oz a little yes. bit kind of a feeling to him because he's mysterious because we still don't see his face here. We don't see his face until he until she meets him.
1: Yes. So, here's the problem I have with that is he keeps going, "You must go to the owl and he'll tell you what to do." Dude, you know he's going to say, come to the rats. Like, yeah. why don't you send someone to go get her? Like, yeah. in the book, it's they the rats don't know she exists. Mm. They know Jonathan. Jonathan kept those two parts of his life very separate.
0: Which, in this story, she doesn't know anything that Jonathan did. So, yes. it would make sense that maybe he wouldn't tell them about her to protect her. Right.
1: And he yeah. also doesn't tell her because, and they explain this later in the movie, he's got long life and he's like, I'm going to watch her die. And that's yeah. kind of upsetting. But, um... So when she shows up, they he does they do the same thing. They're like Miss, Bris- Miss Frisbee, oh yeah, and they're just like we owe you, like we owe your yeah. family. Like there's no like weird like you have to talk to the owl first to come to us like yeah
0: so that's kind of what we see and then it cuts to jeremy who takes her to the great owl and yeah. i loved this bit of design and animation where because she mentioned she was afraid of heights earlier and she's holding on to his foot but she's kind of sitting on his foot in a way that like he's kind of cradling her well she's
1: on his back at first yeah and then he gets caught and yeah it looks like he's it just looks like, like holding, he's her. holding
0: her with his foot and i just like the way that they did that
1: that's how you want to fly in a big uh
0: yeah, because I someday. feel like you feel safer that way. I don't know. But they uh, approach this very spooky tree and this creepy voice says, step inside my house. So this could be another potentially scary part.
1: Well, she goes, owls eat mice. She keeps saying yeah, that. Yeah, she keeps
0: saying and they keep saying that he's going to help. So again, this is in, her being very courageous. Yeah,
1: and when she goes in, it's bones. Yes, for some I wrote reason, that. Yeah. For some reason, I never put together when I was a kid. I was just like, oh, bones equal it's scary. And now I'm like, no, those are the bones of, Probably people she knew.
0: Yeah, that he's, <laughs> he's eaten, eaten along the owl. way. And so then there's this scary spider, like three eyes, very creepy spider following her. And his claw squishes the spider, the owl's claw. He is giant. And I will say that scale is done really well in this film. Because like, he's way
1: bigger than Jeremy. Yeah,
0: he's way bigger than Jeremy. And like the scale of the humans, I think, I think it's all proportional. I think they did a really good job with that. Um, and he's huge, he's scary, he's got cobwebs all over him, his eyes are glowing and super bright. And
1: Did you miss the part when he starts off and his head's upside down, and then he like slow? I think you were writing notes. I might have been writing so something his, down. So when she, they, they, he steps on it, and they pan up to his head, his head is 180 degrees oh, upside and down, and he goes, it. That's and I was creepier. like, and I kept kind of trying to look at you, to yeah, be like, Yeah,
0: I missed that. We
1: may have to go back and watch after That's that, but nice. I remember that very distinctly as a kid being like,
0: Yeah, yeah, it's very scary. Um, And so the owl knows her husband's name and she has no idea why everyone knows Jonathan's name. And he says, you need to go to the rats in the rosebush and ask for Nicodemus to move your house Mm -hmm. and to move it to the lee of the stone. To the other side of the stone where it'll be safe yes and so then we go back to the farmhouse it's the next day and jeremy's in the laundry so the farmer's wife is like hanging up the laundry and similar to how uh lucifer and cinderella is in like the sleeve of a blouse jeremy's in it but he's even less elegant than lucifer was lucifer kind of looked like a snake in it jeremy is all sorts of clumsy and weird in it and it's funny but he thinks he's in disguise and he, she's trying to get into the rose bush. She's trying to find the door. And he's like, I'll keep lookout. And she's like, could you just be quiet? Like, you're yeah. going to wake. The cat is asleep. And that's when the farmer's wife says, this is the laziest cat and the sleepiest cat we've ever had. And we find out later it's because the mice and the rats have been drugging Dragon, So he'll stay asleep mm-hmm. and not chase them. So this whole, like, back and forth with Jeremy in this blouse. Um, <laughs> and she then... Smooth talks Jeremy, and I love this part where she's you like, love "Someone this
1: scene so much. I did. Yes. <laughs> Someone
0: strong should be looking after the children." And she like puts her hands under her chin and she blinks her eyes, and that that's not Mrs. Brisby. Yeah, but she's using the moment to be like, "If I can make it look like Jeremy is being like the strong man and is like protective of my family." You know, then he'll leave me alone and hopefully he will do some good with my family.
1: Now, was there any particular reason you found the scene amusing? <laughs>
0: uh, I mean, usually it's a trope, but I just like the way they did it here. But I are you saying because of our relationship yes, when I need when... you to like lift something? <laughs> uh, especially I, now and, with my back.
1: And I say, what do you need? And a you big, say, strong man. Thank you. Uh,
0: <laughs> anyway...
1: So she goes into she, the yeah, rose bush. Yeah, but rose she specifically, Biche, the rose Biche,
0: uh she specifically tells Jeremy, do not tell the children where I am. And spoiler, a little bit later, that's like the first thing. I thought that was going to like come back. Yeah, it didn't But do it, it go didn't anywhere. because he immediately tells them, but it doesn't go anywhere. I thought maybe they were going to come try to find her and they were going to be in trouble, but that actually goes nowhere.
1: He ends up, let's,
0: we'll, we'll, we'll get there, yeah. but. Um, I
1: want to talk about one thing because she goes into the rose bush and it's, Again, all the, all this, like, embellished animation of, like, roses, of, like, thorns closing well, up behind her. and even her. the door
0: is, like, rigged in a way that, yeah. like, you wouldn't see it as a door. And then it kind of opens mysteriously. But,
1: but that stuff all feels in line with, with the book's version of mm. the rats being smart. But then there's, like, glowy lights and there's, like, electricity going between the thorns. And it just feels like... I feel like the rats in the book have a better concept of electricity and how it works than the animators in this movie.
0: Yeah, like they
1: just—it just feels like they're like uh, electricity does whatever you want it to do, man. And I'm like, no, like. It, some, but I that don't part know if like me.
0: that's also the magic. I think that's the hard part is you can't really tease out the electricity from the magic in some parts, right? Because that's... it has a very magical feel. Because I wrote here. It's dark and glowing and scary, but then all of a sudden it's bright and colorful. Then all of a sudden it's like she's in a whole nother world. Right. Um, and, and that's
1: th- another thing. That rose bush feels way bigger on the inside yeah, than yeah, it should be. Yeah, it's like a TARDIS. Yeah. Yes, good reference.
0: Thank you. Uh, so then the rat, the we find out his name's Brutus. He's kind of like a protector. He's a guard. He winds up like shocking her like with his staff. Um, and knocks her into the water so she can't go any further. In,
1: In the book, there's this concept of the second generation rats...
0: Oh, okay.
1: And, he, and like Brutus is in it and he's like, no, I'm not letting you in. I don't know who you are. Yeah. And, every, and he doesn't
0: have a line in it. He doesn't, I yeah. don't think, say a single thing. And we don't see him again. And then but,
1: like in the movie, Mr. Aegis shows up and goes, this is Mrs. Brisby. And he's like, oh, I've, you know, he's like, I don't know who that is. And they're like, he's, he's a younger rat. And that's, yeah. And that's why. That's so interesting. So it's, it's weird that they made him like this mini boss almost. Yeah.
0: And so that's when Mr. Aegis appears and he's got a cast on his foot and we find out later what happens. But as of right now we don't know. Um, and he says, you know, you want to see the leader of the rats. Cause she talks about wanting to find Nicodemus and he goes, no one's ever seen the owl and lived to tell about it. So he's really shocked that she had gone to the great owl. Mm-hmm. And I think that Maybe that's why she goes to the great owl. I know you said like you could have cut that part out, but maybe she goes to the great owl so people can see how courageous she was and how she lived to tell the tale about it.
1: No, 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 no. I'm not saying cut out the great owl part. I'm saying cut out the part where Nicodemus, of Nicodemus is saying, saying go, to, go the to the great owl. Great owl I'm like, well, why didn't you send it? I blame Fair Nicodemus in that moment for making her go to the great got owl.
0: Got it, got it. <laughs> So then Mr. Ages takes her to Nicodemus and on the way they meet Jonathan and
1: Just Justin.
0: Oh, sorry, sorry. Then my notes are wrong. That's not right.
1: Jonathan's her husband. Yes.
0: Yeah, so takes her to Nicodemus. It's a lot and... of J's
1: in this one. Justin. That's
0: right. Then we go back to Nicodemus. So this is there's a lot of like cuts back and forth. So yes. I think that's why my notes were a little confusing. But Jonathan, perhaps now I can repay you for your favor and kindness. Yes.
1: He's so t- he's Nicodemus speaking is to Jonathan. speaking.
0: To Jonathan saying, I want to repay your family. And then Jenner. uh, Justin. No, then I have Jenner can't find the amulet. So Nicodemus is also saying Jenner can't get his hands on the amulet. But we never really go into why, I guess, because he would get the extra power that she gets at the end. Yeah, which they They never never go into that. So yeah, so at the same time he's talking to Jonathan, he's saying how Jenner can't get the amulet.
1: So real quick about Jenner in the book. in the book they talk and they'll get into this a little bit more in the movie about the plan about how they're going to go off the they're going to go live on their own Mm -hmm. and jenner's against it in the book but jenner doesn't appear in the book jenner is just like a week before he has taken a group of rats and they've left oh okay and they've been like we don't want this plan like we're fine and they go into the city and they you find out that like when there's that call to Nim later and she's like, oh yeah, you can come take care of the rats. Mm -hmm. They say, we actually found a nest in a hardware store and they're very hard to get rid of. And it's the idea that when Jenner, they went to the hardware store, like they like Nim found them.
0: And so that's how like they knew to come to
1: the, they, I don't know if they like got the information, but it was more of they figured out for some reason that where, where they're coming from.
0: So I will say this part It makes sense when you're watching it, but it's a little confusing to tell because of the back and forth. But again, like the amulet, never it never like fully connects within the story. I I would say no.
1: That's part of my problem with the magic is it's like yeah we need we wanted a more exciting ending, so we had this magic thing happen. Yeah, which is fine
0: if you could have connected a few other loose ends. I think story wise. So then it goes back to Mister Ages with. Miss Brisby and he says you have to swear secrecy like you cannot tell of what you see here and then they meet Justin and Justin is the captain of the guard and he's one of the rats and um you know we've been stealing electricity for four years from the farmer and so you know Nicodemus doesn't want us to do that anymore it's wrong to steal and we you know we want to live on our own so I loved this other part I thought this was really creative they go in a lantern that is above ground, and then they go under the water in the lantern as like an elevator, and then something happens, and then all the water goes out. It's just a, it's a really cool again of like yeah. world building of how they've created their their world, and it's so secretive to get mm-hmm. to this part. Like she would have never gotten here without Mister Ages, right? Yes. Because of how secretive it is. So,
1: I I like Justin a lot. I thought he had. A lot I of, do too. I thought he had a lot of Robin Hood energy. Yeah,
0: I like Justin a lot as He's well. Very
1: charming. And he's. It almost felt like they were going to have a thing. Uh, yeah, She's,
0: I thought so in the beginning. It did. She seemed a little swooned by him in the beginning, and he seemed a little swooned by her as well. It was mutual, and then they kind of evened that out a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I
1: mean, I think it's. I think that's Justin. I think every female, like in the book, there's a there's a, a girl like a second generation rat who's really into Justin, and that's like mm. a, a subplot. But yeah, I think that's the idea. Is Justin is kind of a. a ladies man in a little bit of a way or just so charming and they don't play
0: that up too much here but it sounds like they do more in the book um so they're arriving to a meeting that's being held to discuss are they going to go ahead with Nicodemus's plan to leave and Jenner this is where we overhear Jenner wanting to take on the humans he wants to fight the humans he wants to stay put he doesn't understand why they need to leave
1: I have an interesting fact about Jenner sure his the, the so Dom DeLuise, apparently when he recorded Jeremy, he had the first time, he had so many notes he just kind of went off and did it that he had formed a character. Mm-hmm. the character. I, I don't remember the actor's name, but the actor who played Jenner, he did all of his lines. He did a very low, gravelly voice, but he didn't have any reference like storyboard or anything. And then when they sh- he saw it later, he went, I'd like to record a lot of my lines. Mm,
0: yeah, I read something about that. I read something about that, and I found that really interesting. And you had said something about that, Don Bluth.
1: Yeah, Don Bluth. I think in the interview said that's why he's like that's why you it's good to show an actor like something
0: about their character. But it was the
1: opposite with Don Deluise. Like I said, Don Deluise informed. Yeah,
0: well, and I think it also goes both ways because you also see that animators also pull from. Sometimes the characters look like the people who voice them, right? So it's really interesting because there is a lot of back and forth.
1: So interesting story about the Don Bluth Animation Studio because, like, he was starting from the ground up and they're doing yeah. this thing. But one thing they did is they did drama classes. Like he had everyone go through these drama classes. Oh, cool! And he said one of the coolest things he all saw, the animators, the animators, is they said, "Okay, I want you to walk from that side of the screen, that side of the stage, to the other." And they all walked. And he goes, "Okay, now I want you guys to act. Uh, you guys are walking from this side to the other, but you've just lost your job." Oh. And they were like, he's like, some people got it and some people didn't know how to do it. And he's like, we worked on that a lot. He goes, because you know what animators do most of the time is they draw walk cycles or Mm, run cycles. That's smart. Very interesting. It's really smart. It's a good little 15 minute interview because it is very like, it's just Don Bluth and then one of the other two guys whose name, not Pomeroy, but.
0: So it's Gary.
1: Gary. Mm -hmm. And it's both of them doing it. And uh, it's just interesting. It's it's a lot of how the studio worked yeah. That project worked. Well, and
0: it sounds like it's very informative as to how Don Bluth wanted to move forward and how he was restricted with Disney, where mm-hmm. he could kind of expand that's in different some, ways.
1: That's something... Let's jump into that for a little bit because I want to make sure, like... I think... In my mind, I'm very becoming more and more pro Disney. I'm drinking the, uh, the, 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 the mouse flavored Kool Aid. No, that sounds awful. No, that sounds terrible. You know what I mean. I'm,
0: I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, I've always been a Disney fan, but it is interesting to see this well, what other side of things. Yes.
1: What I'm saying is, I want to make sure while, and previously I may have made it seem like Don Bluth was coming in and shaking things up. I was like, I'm out of here. I, I think, uh, there's also definitely a side to be said that he wasn't getting his creative. Like he came to them many times and said, We created yeah, this. Yeah, I we mean, this. even and this whole story was shot down yes. and,
0: and they didn't want to do it. And I think, you know, I think that happens in any um, industry, you know, especially in creative arts, where sometimes people who are being creative, if mm-hmm. they feel that their creativity is being. Stifled. Thank you. I was looking for the word. Being stifled in some way, sometimes they do need to start, not start over, but start new. Mm -hmm. And whether that's creating their own company or their own business or going somewhere else where there's a different vision, I think we are both in the creative arts field in some way and connected to it. And I think there's a lot to be said about that, that it's unfortunate that it happened the way it did, that it was kind of ugly. Mm-hmm. But I think it was probably the best thing to happen. I mean, for Disney, not so much because they lost a lot of talent and then they had a competitor. But I think there's something to be said about healthy yes, competition because think... then Disney couldn't just skate, right? They had to like up their game because now there was somebody competing against them.
1: 100%. I think this really changed the landscape of animation in a lot of ways yeah and, one of those and i ways think it's to, healthy
0: to have competition in that regard to push you
1: and and one of those ways i think is like i think some of this stuff in the 80s while well, disney's not doing great i think it's paving the way for the the end of the 80s is little mermaid mm, 1989 right something or like 1990 that. yeah right in there As, and i think that's this is paving the way for this isn't going we have to up our game we have to go back you know i think well into the 90s we, we would have still been doing the xeroxed Stuff And I think this made them go, well, we have to examine how we're doing this. Yeah. Well. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I think there's like a balance between what, like Michael said on 101 Dalmatians, where it's like, you got to pay the bills and you got to get the product out mm -hmm. the door. But at the same time, like the artistic vision needs to add to a effective, good product.
0: Well, I think there's also something to be said that Disney was spending double what they spent on doing this. And they went back to doing things the old way, for lack of a better phrase. Things that Disney was doing and then stopped doing to save money, but mm-hmm. then they were spending more money, right? Yeah. So I think there's it, there's an interesting um, focus there yeah. when you when you look at it from that point of view.
1: I also want to make sure. I know we have a lot of animate. We have more and more animators and artistic people who are joining us and and on the Facebook page and here. And I want to make sure that if there's any uh, Don Bluth uh, fans out there. I'm not, they don't think I'm talking smack. I don't want, Oh, I
0: don't think, I don't think it's perceived perceived that way. But yeah, I, I think, I think it was really respectable what he did, you know, even though it may have not been done in the best way, but it may have been the only way, right? We don't, we weren't there. I feel like a lot of times when, um, people have creative differences and they separate, you know, it's always, sometimes the stories paint it one way, right? And described one way. And so I think, you know, I think he had to do that to advance his career. And obviously he made the right choice. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, So back to the story as they're at the meeting and Jenner doesn't want um, to take, Jenner wants to take on the humans. He doesn't want to leave. And they find out that Mrs. Brisby wants them to move her home he then is like, Well, we can use that to our benefit. So he tells his sidekick, Sullivan, yes. to quiet down because Sullivan was like piping up, Well, why would we help with that? And he's like, No, no, we'll use it to our benefit. And we find out why later. And so then it cuts to Blue String and Auntie Shrew, who has wrapped Jeremy up in all this Blue String and his mouth is tied, his feet are tied. And the kids wind up finding Jeremy and they untie just his beak. And this is where I say, of course, he tells them everything she told him not to tell him. Again, it doesn't It doesn't pay have off, any consequences. But, but he yeah. immediately says everything. Um, and that the rats are good and they're smart and you shouldn't be scared of them, basically. And the kids are calling him a loony, and then they wrap his beak back up so he can be quiet. And then we go back to Mr. Ages, and she he leaves Mrs. Brisby to speak with Nicodemus. And so Jonathan uh, this is where we find out the backstory that he was a great friend of the rats of Nim, and he was also from Nim. And Mrs. Brisby reads from the book about the rats' escape and, you know, how Jonathan died because he tried to drug the cat, and that's how he was killed. And so it tells the story. She's reading from the book that Nicodemus was writing in in the beginning. And uh, he tells the story how they were ordinary street rats. They were captured, put in cages in nim, and then being tested on. And there were 20 rats and 11 mice that were given injection, injections. And all of a sudden, Nicodemus said, I could read what was on the cages. Like, I could read, you know, this is how you unlock the cages.
1: And they make a big deal earlier when he says, read from the book. Miss Brisby's like, oh, I, I can read a little bit. Jonathan, Jonathan taught, taught me. me. Yeah. Like, they do a good job of that. Mm-hmm. The other thing is in the book... Um, Nicodemus and Jenner were friends before when they were regular rats before mm. they got captured, and they got they lived at a a, a farmer's market, and they said it oh. was wonderful because at the end of every day, like if they dropped a bean or anything, they were like we'll feast. Yeah, oh like that's funny. So, it I was, like that. that was the most Jenner's in the book is him is they talk a lot about what like the before the injections the whole Nim story in the book is like three chapters long of what okay. happened. So
0: that's yeah, that's interesting. I would have loved obviously. They had to cut something somewhere, but it would have been neat to well, see. One the before. thing they
1: could have cut is the scene of 11 mice came with us. Nine of them were whisked away into the AC unit and died. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, I was just about to get there. So, yeah, literally my (laughs) next note is they escaped through the ventilation system. Mice were blown away down dark air vents to their death. And
1: it's such a scary scene. It's like...
0: Yeah, it is a really intense scene. There's a lot of
1: scenes that are like real quiet shots of the whole lab and not a lot of motion. This one is nine mice just blowing past the screen is like, Oh my God. Yeah.
0: And he says, except Jonathan and Mr. Ages. So they're the only two of the 11 mice that live. And Jonathan winds up unlocking the main door for them to get out into the open. Uh, And then he give, this is where he gives her the amulet. And he says, when it's worn by somebody with courage of the heart, and again, we don't really ever explain where the amulet came from. It's like, was it Jonathan's that he came across at some point? Was it always Nicodemus's? Like, there's no there's backstory to this amulet. And then there's an inscription on the back that says, you can unlock any door if you only have the key.
1: Like, just accept the amulet, accept magic.
0: Yeah. So the, so that's where, like, loose ends needed to be tied up in the story yes. that weren't. Um, and so then... The injections, this is where we find out they slow the aging process, and that's why Jonathan didn't tell her. So I do like that he lets her know, look, he was trying to protect you. Like, this is why, because I think she says at one point, why didn't he tell me? Um, And so he goes, tonight we're going to move your house. So now Jenner basically wants to take over with Nicodemus out of the way.
1: Because he just doesn't want to leave the... Rosebush. Yeah, and he doesn't see and the problem. And he also wants to be in charge. And
0: I don't think he sees the problem with stealing electricity, I think.
1: I don't see the problem with stealing yeah. electricity. Like, I think it's the idea of being self-sufficient. Like, I think in the book they push more of, like, we're going to grow past this. Because their point is, they want to go to the thing and they want to farm. They want to do yeah. stuff that's, like, insane. But this was just like, we steal electricity, we can't do that. I'm like, why? Why? Like, come on man, fight the man. Take the power. (laughs) Well, I also
0: am wondering if because they're more intelligent that they're now like we're better than not better than that, but like we can we can do more than that, so we should be pushing ourselves. And I
1: agree with that when it comes to like we should go learn to farm and we should do this. But when it's just I we feel bad that we're raising the farmer's electric bill, which is something he never you never hear him go like, the electric bill came in again, honey, it's so high. Like they needed to do one of those scenes.
0: That's true. Um, so this is where we find out Jenner's plan that when they move the Brisby house, Nicodemus will be there because I guess Nicodemus never comes out of his he very rarely do they see Nicodemus is kind of what well, I I also gathered. think
1: they can get away with this being an accident
0: yes, um, and so he'll be out overseeing it, and they'll cut one of the strings when they're lifting the house and it will crush uh crush his bones is what he said, and he will die i think is is how it was said. Uh, and so then leave Justin to me.
1: There was another little bit they said where Sullivan's like, we don't, do we really have to kill him? He's like, lost a taste for blood, huh? Yeah. So and yeah. they've driven the animal out of you. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish they would have gone into that of like, Jenner almost wanting like, we should be rats. Like we, we are rats. We should be rats. And yeah. You know, I don't know. I Nature cool.
0: versus nurture, I guess. Well, like kind of I don't know. primal that that's instinct the right. yeah, versus, yeah. yeah. Um, so then ages we find out that Mr. Ages tried to drug Dragon. This is how his foot gets broken. Mm-hmm. This is why he's in a cast. And so they're trying to figure out the plan and they don't want to be stealing anymore and you know they don't want to live as rats and they know too much so this is where we find out all those parts of the story. And this is then Mrs. Brisby volunteers to try and drug Dragon for the rats. And you said in the book it's a bigger deal.
1: Well, in this one she just goes, I'll do it. And they're like, okay. But there's no reason why she should have to do it. Like, Justin's even like, you don't have to do it. Yeah. In the book it's, we need a mouse to do it because we need someone small. That's why Jonathan had been doing it for years. Mm. That's why Mr. Aegis, they tried, tried get him to to do it. it. I can think it's Mr. Aegis, like someone who's against who's older a, yeah, people. Yeah, uh-huh.
0: Uh, so then we see Jeremy, who's hiding, and then distracted by her amulet, which he calls a sparkly. And he gets a little creepy here, being like, I want a sparkly. He's, like, mesmerized by it, and then, like, shakes himself out of it. And she gives Jeremy the task to go get all the string you have. Spoiler, none of that string helps because he comes like a day too late. But it gives him something to do and that yeah. might have been why she told him to go do it. I
1: feel like they once they got Dom Eloise, they just wanted this character in the book yeah. little, or in the movie a little more.
0: Yeah. So then Mrs. Brisby goes to poison or drug the cat and she leaves her cape and the amulet with Justin Um, so it won't get caught on anything. And I thought that was going to go somewhere and it didn't. Like, I was like, oh, maybe that's how Jenner steals the amulet. Because I was thinking the amulet would play like a greater part and it didn't. Um, but she gets the powder to drug him and then she does it. The cat's out. The farmer's wife is about to let the cat in to eat. And then the boy, Billy, who we didn't know the farmer had a son until this moment, the boy, Billy, cat captures her. And then begs his mom to keep the mouse. He wants to keep it. And Justin leaves her and says, I'll have to come back for her later. And I really didn't like that because it didn't fit. Justin's character to me would have immediately tried to help her. And he didn't say, I'm going to get help. He just said, I'll have to come back for her later. Which I just thought was a weird choice of words.
1: I think it's, he has to go move the house now. But they don't tell us that. Yeah. We don't really establish that she's safe. Yeah, like, I think if in maybe that they, moment, yeah, we I think don't if, know. If they'd been like, Well, we'll put her in this cage and we'll deal with it in the morning. But we if he don't was know like, that. I have to go like that's the thing is he just goes, Well, see you later.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so that was the one moment where it was like, Oh, like I had a, a pretty strong reaction to that, also because I didn't feel that character would, would do that. Would have done that, yeah. because yeah. uh, he was very protective of her up to this point. So then we go back to Auntie Shrew, who's watching the children, and I think she's bathing them. Bubbles?
1: No, I think she was doing laundry. Or laundry, like. yeah. Which again, it's hard for me to to see that the rats are so much more intelligent than everyone else. Where everyone else like does things like laundry and like yeah. has clothes, like it, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, uh, it seems like they're advanced. And maybe it's Jonathan. Maybe you're already
1: starting from a animals that are more advanced than we know animals to be. So then yes. to have, like, another step above that is hard to But my understand. question is,
0: was Jonathan's influences why they're more advanced?
1: Uh, I don't know. Did he infect the shrew? I guess when they show all the other ants, yeah, animals they in the field, that of them, them have clothes. Yeah, and if they... Sh-
0: yeah, I don't know. Good it's thinking, an interesting Tara. thing to think about. Um. So she says she's scared of the rats, and she doesn't like the rats, so Auntie is kind of talking about this. And then we go to the farmer's house, and Nim... This is where we see that Mrs. Brisby was kept as a pet but in a birdcage. So the boy kept her in this birdcage and she overhears that the farmer's on the phone with Nim. And he goes, oh, yeah, I don't care what you do with them. I'd love to get them out of here. You can bulldoze the rats, like, bulldoze the rosebush, whatever. Mm -hmm. She finds out they're coming in the morning. So now she's, like, desperate to get to her kids, desperate to get to them to tell them, like, the plan of Nim. So she's trying to escape this birdcage. And I do think it's really smart how she gets out. The water tray... Um she tries to like fiddle with the the lock and can't do it and the water tray comes like under the the cage and over and eventually that's how she gets out.
1: Let's talk real quick about the legitimate blood that's in this scene though. This is when we Oh yeah, where she
0: gets cut. Yeah, this is yeah. the first of then many scenes of of blood. And it's just
1: red paint, so it I mean it but just I want parents to know like There's blood in this Yeah, her
0: arm gets cut and she soaks it. And that one, I think, is the least intense compared to what's coming soon. But yeah, no, it's a good point to make. So then we cut to the rats moving the house.
1: With amazing machinery! Like, that, like...
0: Well, do we think that that was a farmer's machine that they used? That's what I thought. I didn't think they made it from nothing. I thought they Oh, I think they
1: made it from parts of other things. But still, like, that's, like, again... That's a level that I was, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, mm. you know, the fact that they're just using levers and pulleys and stuff feels like a big deal, but they just set that all up in time and the farmer never sees
0: that. Come on. Yeah. Well, cause I guess it's the middle of the night. He's asleep. They clean that all up in time. Oh, that's a got good point. It. Like, yeah.
1: I, this that's farmer's true. the dumbest farmer.
0: Possibly. Yeah. So they have no idea what's happening. Mrs. Brisby's trying to escape. Jenner's at the rope. Uh, and, you know, he wants sullivan to cut the rope and sullivan won't do it and jenner winds up doing it and then the house falls and the candle like at one point the the whole house is on fire because the candle gets knocked over but then like, auntie shrew like puts it out as she slides over Did you water that? yeah she's yeah, in the she's in the, the water the, i guess the with the laundry tub
1: yeah um this this whole scene is a little so they move They're moving this big cinder block, which is what they live in. But then, like, the inside... Like, I don't understand how that cinder block works. Because when they show it later, it doesn't look like it looks like in that scene.
0: It looks like they're in a tree in the beginning. When they're, like, walking down. And maybe, like, the tree connects to the cinder block when it's in the garden. I
1: just think there's a weird space issue here. Because they also... Like some of the machinery crashes on top of Nicodemus and then they run in to go and save him. And the inside of that crash scene is like a, what would to a human be a warehouse worth of space. Mm, And I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah,
0: that's true. There's some
1: space issues here.
0: Yeah. Uh, So they find him under the rubble and we find out that he has died. And so... Now we cut back to Mrs. Brisby, and she escapes, but she bumps into the cat. But the cat is drugged, so it doesn't really do anything. Again, I wrote that down thinking it was going to be a bigger thing, and then, you know, nothing kind of happens with it. So they tell her, we can't move the house. Or no, sorry, Jenner says, we can't move the house now. Just leave it in the mud. And Jenner goes after Brisby because she arrives and she's like you all need to leave like name is coming in the morning and Jenner gets really angry at her and then he sees her stone he sees the amulet and so then Justin steps in and so it's this whole intense sequence and it's this battle between Justin and Jenner mm-hmm. at this point point. Um, and this is where more blood happens because Justin gets Jenner and Sullivan was injured by Jenner at some point because I guess Sullivan
1: he Sullivan tries to stop him and he slashes That's Jenner. right.
0: And so Sullivan is hurt.
1: Has got like a mortal wound.
0: Yeah. And so Justin thinks he got Jenner and he got him pretty good. And he starts telling everyone we need to leave and Jenner's behind him. And the shot of Mrs. Brisby's face when she's scared because she sees him is a really intense moment. And then Sullivan takes a knife and throws it. And that's how Jenner mm-hmm. uh, meets his demise and falls from very high. <laughs> yes, uh, as he as the knife is thrown into him.
1: I think it was a real good redemption story for Sullivan, though. It was,
0: yeah, yeah it was a good redemption. I liked him story being like, I don't want to
1: do like. Cause I feel like I've seen other cr- like bad guys henchmen be like, I don't want to do this, and then they don't really do anything. It doesn't to help. go anywhere. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so her home is sinking in the mud, she's scrambling, everyone's trying to help.
1: Whoa, wait, 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 so th- she goes over to the thing and she leans on it and it's like, bubble. Yes. Bubble, and then it starts sinking, and I, I, I imagine, I kind of thought you were gonna be like, oh no, more, cause it is kind of like, everything's safe, but it sucks, and then yeah. it's like, legit, your kids are going to
0: Yeah, die. and she doesn't know Auntie Shrew's in there, but yeah, they're all gonna like get sunk into the mud, and so everyone's trying to help, and then the amulet comes off of her and goes into the mud, and then... It's com- the, it's completely sunk. Like the, the cinder block is completely in the mud at this point.
1: They're dragging her. Like Jonathan ties a rope around himself to get her and like have everyone drag yeah, back just to save Yeah, and she's beyond her.
0: devastated. And uh, then this is when the amulet floats.
1: This is when magic like saves the day.
0: Yeah, the amulet floats and she holds it and it becomes magical. I guess it always was magical, but this is like where it really becomes magical. And it gives her courage and strength. And she, like, touches the rope, and the rope gets red. And I don't know if it's fire or magic, but it get, it pulls the cinder block out mm. of the mud, essentially. And puts
1: it where it should be.
0: Yeah, and puts it on the other side of the stone. Which,
1: again, if Nicodemus knew that could happen. Yeah. Come on, man.
0: And so, and maybe he didn't. Maybe nobody had the courage of heart. I guess her courage of heart is what made the magic work. I don't know. But um, she passes out after that. And then the next day, the farmer's house, you see all the Nim trucks there.
1: I I want to back up for a second and talk about the end of the book. Okay. So the book, uh, it's she gets captured and Jonathan comes, or sorry, Justin comes and saves her. Mm -hmm. Like he eventually gets her and she's heard the like Nim is coming. She tells him that. So they go and they move the house. And then the end of the story becomes, we need to get out of here before Nim Shows up tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. And it's like. They have this plan. Because the other thing is. They don't want them to find. All the stuff they had. They've and been be, doing. And because they don't want Nim to understand. What happened to them. Mm-hmm. Because then they're, they're like. They're going to find us. And you know. Blah, blah, blah. We're going to think they. We, we just all escaped. And so like. There's this big thing where it's like. 10. They get rid of all the stuff. And they put garbage in there. So it looks like. Just like a regular rats bin. Mm-hmm. And they leave like 10 rats. And it's like. And then they put po- the Nim drops poison in there. Eight rats survived. It's like
0: oh why, my gosh. why Yeah. why do
1: we always have to do this but they get away. Yeah. Now, there also are two other books that came out after that written oh. by his daughter after the movie came out.
0: Oh, interesting. Um
1: about like Timmy going to find the rats to live with them because he's found that he's more intelligent mm. than typical. So, it's stuff like that. But anyway. Yeah.
0: Well, that's interesting. And then Jenner, I guess, doesn't really play a part. in Jenner dies. Jenner, Jenner.
1: When they they assume Jenner's dead because I think he is because he
0: left. That's right. In the book, he leaves with a group.
1: I think in the second book, they find Jenner's son meets up with Timmy, and they're Mm -hmm. trying to get to the thorn bush or whatever it was. Thorn the rose bush. No, the place where they go. Oh, thorny something, thorny hill or something Mm -hmm. like that, which sounds like a retirement community.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, we see all the trucks in Nim. Timmy is feeling better. Uh, and then Jeremy flies in with all the string. Uh, and he realizes that the house has already been moved. And then he gets knocked over by a female crow. And then, you know, they're giggling and laughing together. And she's also clumsy. And then he comes and asks for the sparkly from, uh, Mrs. Brisby. And she's like, I don't have it anymore. I gave it to Justin and she goes, "Why don't you be athletic instead?" And he goes, "Yeah, yeah. Women love someone who's athletic." And then uh, he goes back in, and then we find out that the rats went to Thorn Valley.
1: That's, That's what it was. It was. Right
0: Thorn Valley, and then the crows fly away, attached in string into the sunset. So it's kind of a very quick wrap-up ending.
1: So uh, Mrs. Mrs. Miss Wright, as she was billed in the in the in it. Um, the, the Lady Crow is mm-hmm. Edie McClurg, who was um, the secretary of the principal in uh, Ferris Bueller.
0: Oh, okay. You, like, you
1: know her. Yeah, as, yeah, 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 yeah. Every time you see her, I think you go, oh, it's that lady. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um. So let's do our questions. First off, how was the princess? Which I kept thinking about wanting to talk about, but we never really did. Um, but I really liked Mrs. Brisby.
0: I liked Mrs. Brisby a lot. I liked that... Even though I felt it was out of character for Jonathan, for Justin. I know. It's, it's real hard. hard. Yeah. yeah. A lot for of For Justin to not save her in that moment when she's captured in the house. I like that she saves herself. Mm-hmm. She's very independent. She's very fiercely protective of her children. She's very, you know, has that motherly instinct. But
1: she's also she's, very frail. But like, she's just.
0: petite because she's a mouse. Well, I the reason but... I
1: specifically say frail is because Don Blue said he'd wanted to design her that way because okay. he wanted you as the audience to go, there's no way she can do all this stuff. Mm. So that when she does do it, like it's kind of a surprise and it's kind of, you know, yeah. exciting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I really liked her a lot, and I think she has a lot of agency, which I know is a question mm-hmm. we asked later on. But I liked her character a lot.
1: Yeah. Uh, how was the prince? I'm not. Maybe Justin was the prince. I guess prince?
0: Justin, and, and I liked Justin. I had that one moment I didn't care for, but that yeah. was a line that was written for him that I think just needed to be reworded differently. But I did like Justin overall.
1: I think I liked that they didn't end up becoming love interests. I
0: agree. Yeah, I like that in the end we just see her with her family, and Justin has gone away.
1: Um, how were the sidekicks? You loved Jeremy.
0: I love Jeremy. I love Mr. Ages a lot, too. I really liked him a lot as well.
1: It's fun hearing you say, I love Jeremy, because it's, it sounds like you're, you're shouting out to your
0: friend. And I do love Jeremy as well. <laughs> hey, Jeremy, know you listen.
1: <laughs> uh, I liked Sullivan as well, just because, I mean, he wasn't that interesting. His storyline wasn't very long, but I did like that he's like, no, I'm going to kill the bad guy. I like mm, that the bad, yeah. the redemptive... And I like, I don't like that he still died, but I thought it was, you know, it wasn't like, oh yeah, you're alive, everything's happy. I mean, mm-hmm. this was a more adult movie in a little. bit. The stakes were higher. Yeah. But I, I did like that he actually got to to redo that. Uh, favorite musical number? There was really only that one song. There was that
0: one song. And it was sweet, but it, it's not one I remember. It's It's, it's kind of forgettable. It's...
1: I didn't care for it just because those kind of songs are the songs I don't like in animated movies. Mm-hmm. So when they're there I, I'm gonna make a statement that's probably gonna get me banned from my own Facebook group. And that's you don't that. like the fightful song, do that's you? Exactly what I, I knew was you gonna were say. Going there
0: and I can't, I can't look at you. <laughs> I'm gonna need a moment.
1: I mean, I know it. I like it. All right. I I'm sure knew that that's where it was going. But that's mm. amazing. Um, does it hold up? Female character agency. I think is pretty yes, good. Yes, I do. Uh, drinking, smoking.
0: There's none of that. There is a lot of intense violence, though.
1: That, I think, would do under guns and firearms. Mm. I do think are yeah. some intense. And, and intense for a, for a G movie, obviously.
0: And also just intense circumstances, which yes. is similar to Fox and the Hound. You know, there are some intense circumstances, the way things are set up. And I think that is similar here. There, yes. There are some moments of that.
1: Um... Yeah, so like we said earlier, I would be comfortable with your child watching a pretty solid PG movie before letting them watch mm-hmm. this. Um, ethnic representation—they're all animals, but we did say this last time. We wanted to start talk about this is an all-white cast. Um, I, as if, far
0: as the voices go, and the as actors far and as the, actors. the voices go, I will say yeah. that
1: from what I saw in my. Um, what I saw in, in in my study, this is an all white production studio too. Mm. So it's something that we need. I think we need to start calling out and just saying. You know, it's it, I I'm I'm looking forward, and I think it's going to be a little while, but I'm looking forward to the day when, when, when we sh- start getting those more diverse voices. When which it is, shifts, yes, yeah. which you know, stuff with Coco and, and mm-hmm. um, I almost said Naomi. That's not her name. What's her name? Moana. Moana. What was I think is like I don't know. Naomi Princess and, and the
0: Frog. Yes, uh, there's yeah, and hopefully we'll be surprised, and there'll be ones before those, but those are obviously the first ones to come to mind.
1: Let's do let's do the villains thing. Frightening. I'm giving him a four. I thought he was
0: very yeah, frightening. Yeah, he's also a lot taller than a lot of the other rats. So he has like this menacing, you know, going from like height perspective. Mm-hmm. And he's got like these really broad shoulders. I'll give him a four as well.
1: I mean more from just like his plan is we're going to kill Nicky Yeah, crush. we're, we're going to crush yeah. his bones. He's, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. sinister. Mm-hmm. But funny. I almost thought about giving him a two. I'm giving him a one. I'm giving him a one. Yeah, For funny. I, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, no, he's. I think he's... I was thinking of the part where he's like, Mrs. Brisby, and like, but I don't even think that's that funny. Fierce, I think he's got a little cape drama. I, I mostly think he's got good cape drama because there was a thing in the documentary about them doing apparently they shot lots and lots of videos of people with capes. Mm. Um You 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 are your own person, you have your own thoughts.
0: What are the other categories again?
1: Uh effective design, go away heat and yes factor.
0: I'm going to give him a two under fierce for being commanding. A lot of times I put that under the yes factor, but I'm going to put it under here.
1: Okay. That's what I put as well. Uh, effective. I'm giving him a four. He yeah, killed he Nicodemus. he killed
0: Nicodemus. And the only other thing he wanted to do was stay put. And I mean, he died, so he did stay put. Yeah. So he did. Like,
1: he's extraordinarily he's, effective. Yeah.
0: Um, I think... Do we give him a five? I mean, I guess all the rats didn't stay. He
1: didn't stay. He like everything fell apart pretty quickly. So I think it's a solid four. But yeah, I think, agreed. And it also wasn't a, his, his, his. I don't know. I, I I just think it's a four, and it's my podcast. So me. Okay. Um. <laughs> that was to the audience. It's also your podcast.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um. Design. I think he had a good sinister like smile and stuff. So I'm kind of between a two and a three but I'm thinking probably a two. I'm
0: giving him a two.
1: Yeah. I'm thinking the same. Um, Go Away Heat, I think I'd give him two because he was a little scary.
0: Yeah, I'll give him that.
1: But for Yes Factor, I'm going to say one because I didn't remember this character at all. I remember there was a bad guy named Jenner. I wasn't super excited for him when he was on screen. I wasn't like, come back. I liked everything he did, but it wasn't like, I don't think he has a, like, I, I, I would be willing to say that like, there's a reason I didn't remember his name. I just remembered him as the bad rat in this movie.
0: Yeah, this is my first time seeing it, and I don't, I didn't want more of him. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'll give him a one as well. So our, our numbers, I think, were pretty consistent. He's not... A, I was actually kind of worried
1: he was going to be a little higher than I thought he should, okay. and I don't think that's the case, but I do think he's... Oh, yep. Yeah, he, is, he is now tied for 21st with Monstro.
0: Oh, okay. Right
1: below Honest John.
0: I'm good with that. Yeah, guys,
1: thank you so much for listening. I know we said that we think there's a lot of Don Bluth love out there, so we'd love to hear about it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know how to get a hold of us. We've got the email. we got everything else. We've got our super easy-to-remember vo- voicemail number, 707- yo trpd1 uh that's 707-968-7731
0: and if you've listened to the mailbag episode uh i don't know that you'll be able to top our first voicemail but we'd love to have you We'd love for you to try
1: (laughs) um so let us so shoot let's have some don bluth love let's have some different thoughts on that um our next uh movie will be the black cauldron with a very special guest anything else you want to add before we go i
0: think that's it and i'm also looking forward to doing more don bluth films so we may incorporate more we may wait but i think uh it was i'm glad we paid tribute to him
1: okay guys we'll see you next time
0: all right take care thanks for listening to tara and ryan's princess diaries
1: If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com.
0: Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is, too, at trpdiaries.
1: Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries.
0: Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more.
1: Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review.
0: Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after.